And they, there's going to be a health talk I need to give today because there's no more fast foods, no more cream donuts, and no more corned beef. All right? And anyway, so we'll get to that in a moment. But in the short term, uh, congratulations to Fiji on a great victory last night. I never told you I've got Fijian blood in me, so. Well, I have since last night, all right? You see how they thanked God for the victory? How they thanked Jesus for it? You know, so that is awesome. So it said in 1923, Seven of the most powerful, successful men met in Chicago. Charles Schwab was the president of the largest independent steel company. Harold Hobson was president of the largest utility company. Arthur Cooten was the greatest wheat speculator. Richard Whitney, president of the New York, New York Stock Exchange. Albert, Albert Fall, a member of the president's cabinet. Leon Fraser, a bank president. And Ivan Kruger, the president of the world's greatest monopoly. We asked the question, what happened to these incredibly successful, financial, powerful men on the planet. Charles Schwab died a pauper. Howard Hobson went to prison. Some say he died insane. Arthur Cooten was indicted for tax evasion, died of a heart attack. Richard Whitney went to prison. Leon Fraser shot himself. Ivan Kruger, it is said, committed suicide, and Albert Fall went to prison. Luke 12, 15, life is not measured by how much you own. One of the most important areas that we need all of us to get sorted out in our lives is what I call God and money. So much depends on whether we have this area nailed in terms of how we handle our finances and how we handle it in terms of our relationship with God. So fasten your seatbelts because there could be some turbulence this morning as we go through this message. In fact, Adrian and I flew recently to Queenstown. We were on the nine o'clock, uh, 7 o'clock flight. We just happened to change it to 9 o'clock because the meeting time changed. When we got down there, some of our friends were on that nine, uh, 7 o'clock flight, and they said that when they were coming in to land at Queenstown, the, the, the wind and the turbulence was so strong, they were unable to land. They had to zoom up again and circle and then try a second. I don't know exactly what happened, but I thank God I was not on that 7 o'clock flight, and my wife thanks God even more than I thank God that she wasn't on that flight. How many of you love turbulence, by the way? Yeah, there's a few people do. Jody, Jody, my daughter, she loves turbulence. She said, I said, why do you love it? She said, it just makes the flight exciting. <laughs> she didn't get that from me. She sure didn't get it from uh, mum either. Okay. So we can be reluctant when it comes to giving and reluctant to listening to sermons on money. Some people say, oh, no, here we go again. There's a cartoon shown of a man hiding under a church pew. And his wife said to him, it's okay, honey, you can come out now. The offering is over. Three reasons I'm not hesitant to preach on money. Number one, we don't preach sermons on it very much. We probably should preach on it a bit more. We're not a church always asking for money, all right? God's blessed us financially, but so we don't preach it that much. Second reason is we need to preach on it because it's actually biblical. It's Bible. You actually can't preach the Bible if you don't preach on money. And let me explain that a bit further. Uh, Jesus included it in a lot of his teaching. 39 parables, half of them deal with greed, giving, and generosity, half. 
In the Bible, money is mentioned 2,085 times, all right? That's a fair bit, isn't it? There's more said about money, listen to this, than heaven, hell, faith, and love combined. Put the four big together, there's more on money. Salvation is mentioned 205 times, money 2,085 times. This book, Genesis to Revelation, is about money, 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 money. Everywhere you look, it's about money. Why on earth would it be so much about money? Because it's an area in our lives. If we don't get right, our lives are going to be a shambles spiritually and in every way. It is so important. It massively affects every area of our lives and also our walk with God. It's also it's a needed subject for our culture. We consume like no culture before us. We spend and pursue money like no culture before us. We want money and we want the stuff that money buys. What do they say? Shop till you drop, buy till you die, spend to the end. People spend money they don't have to buy things they don't need to impress people they don't like. <laughs> Bumper sticker says, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. <laughs> Some research says that money is a factor in 90% of divorces. How many of you are married? No one. <laughs> Who's the woman next to you? I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. For those, the five of us who are married, get money sorted because it's a massive issue in marriages. If you want your marriage to survive. So it says in Matthew 22, 21, read it with me. Give back to God what is God's. You might say, well, what on earth does that mean? Well, the Bible teaches that the first 10% of our income, called the tithe, which means 10%, is what we give back to God because it actually is His. And some say tithing is Old Testament. Well, that's, that's so old that it's quite sad, actually. Tithing predates the law. Abraham, 430 years before the law, tithed to Melchizedek, who was a type of Christ. And then uh, Jesus validated tithing in the New Testament in Matthew 23, 23. But more than that, or in addition to that, we're never more like God when we give. Do you know how God is unbelievably generous? Like He gave His only begotten Son. Like He left nothing behind. He spilt His last ounce of His energy and blood and strength. Why? For your salvation and my salvation. Our God is the greatest giver of all time. There is no one who gives like God. He is generosity plus, 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 plus. How many of you can say God has been generous to you in your life? He's blessed your life. So don't we want to be like the God that we serve? If we worship this God and He's generous in we need to, or we should desire to be generous as well ourselves. But God will not forcefully take back what is His. Even though the 10% is His, He wants you to give it back voluntarily and hopefully with a smile. He's not like the Inland Revenue Department. No, no, no. They take your money before you even see it. Wouldn't, it be, wouldn't you like it if you're in the revenue department says, look, here's your 100% of the money. Now, I trust you to give your 20%, 33% back. No, they don't trust you. Oh, no, they, they grab your money before you even see it. And they don't take 10%. They take 20%. They take 33%. How many of you are glad 
God is not like the Inland Revenue Department. How many of you are beside yourself that all he wants is 10% and not 33%? thought that was worth a clap, but I didn't get one anyway. Okay. <laughs> so all our money belongs to God. That's the key point I want to get across to you today. All right. So rather than calling it giving, I think we should, more accurately, we should call it returning. Just returning to God what is His. I want you to see this on a DVD clip by J. John to explain it better than I can. There was a man at an airport and he wanted to buy a bag of very small donuts and a coffee. So he buys his bag of small donuts and he buys his coffee and he's looking for somewhere to sit. But all the tables are all taken. But there's one table where there's one man sitting and he thinks, oh, I'll just go and sit opposite him. So he goes there, he puts his coffee down, he puts his bags down, he gets his coat off, puts it on the chair, sits down, opens his coffee, has a sip, picks up the bag of donuts, opens it, takes out a donut, starts eating it, puts the bag down. The man opposite stretches over, picks up the bag of donuts, opens it, takes out a donut, starts eating it, puts the bag down, smiles. The other man cannot believe what he has just seen. He cannot believe that the man has just stolen one of his donuts. He's thinking, what, I mean, what is the world coming to? What is the world? But then he thinks, well, maybe, you know, the guy's not quite there or, you know, he better not say anything in case the guy kind of erupts and he's violent. But he gives him one of these, if looks could kill look. <laughs> he picks up the bag of donuts, he takes out another donut and he moves it near to his coffee, <laughs> as far away from the other man. While he's sipping his coffee, the man stretches over, (laughs) picks up the bag, takes out another donut, starts eating it, puts it on the table, pushes it back, smiles. The other guy can't believe he's done it twice. (laughs) He's stolen two of my donuts. He's amazed. He can't believe it. He's really angry, but he decides not to say anything. Anyway, the man gets up to leave. So the other man thinks it's about time you left, you donut thief. <laughs> he put his coat on, he picked up his bag, he then picked up the bag of donuts. There's one donut inside. He takes it out, he breaks it in half, he puts half in his mouth, puts half on the bag, he moves the bag, he smiles, he waves, off he goes. The other guy thinks, I'm not touching that donut, you donut thief. You're probably full of infection. (laughs) Anyway, he looks at his watch. Oh, it's time for me to go. He gets up, he puts his coat on. He then bends down to pick up his bag and sitting on top of his bag was his bag of donuts. complaining he was complaining that the other man was stealing his donuts when in fact the other man was sharing his donuts now 
Listen to me, listen to me. God owns all the donuts. <laughs> and we're complaining. We're complaining, and God owns all of them. He owns all the donuts. Listen, every week we get a bag of donuts. God gives us a bag of donuts every week. Inside there are 10. God says, take one of the 10 and give it to the church that you go to. Okay, that's called tithing. Okay? So you give a donut to the church that you go to. Right? They're God's donuts, so don't complain. They're all God's donuts. He just says, give one, give one to the church that you're part of. So important, isn't it? Yeah, that, now you're left with nine. And you need 11. <laughs> hey, I need 11. I've just given one away. I've only got nine. And what is incredible is, if you need 11 or you need 12, somehow, somehow, the nine becomes 12. Somehow the nine becomes what you need. Yeah. And to think he's speaking at our conference in 2019, we've got him coming, so that is so, so good. So we give God the 10% and the 90% increases to more than if we kept the 100%. That is God's economics. So I'm going to ask for my beautiful assistant to come and join me on the platform because uh, each of these apples here, I'm going to explain to her. She is beautiful, isn't she, church? Thank you. So... Here's the deal. Each of these apples is $100 equivalent, all right? So there's 10 of them. There's $1,000 there. That's your salary, all right? I'm going to give you these 10 apples. Every week, you're going to get this. But the deal is this. You've got to give one back. Understand? Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. They're all yours. Take it. Thank you. Boy, that's quick. Thank you. Don't waste your time taking the money, <laughs> did you? Grab all the money, yeah. That's five, yeah. Six, yeah. It's all your, they're all yours. So take the whole lot. All right, take the whole lot, put them all in your basket, put the whole lot in your basket, right? Now, remember the deal? Yes. Ah. You're smiling? Yeah, I'm smiling. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. That's, uh, that's all I require of my beautiful assistant. Thank you so much. Actually. What? Actually, I want to give not just one. I want to give back another one. No. You're kidding yeah. me. You only have to give one. No, I want to give another one. Two. Two. That's 20%. 20%. Why would you do that? Because I believe that God was generous to me first. Uh -huh. And I believe that when I give into the kingdom of God, I believe that it's going to see the next generation being reached with the gospel. Uh -huh. I believe that it's going to reach not just spiritual needs of our people in our community, but reach the physical needs of those that are just in need, um, I believe that when I'm generous, that God can um, reach nations and reach our nation. So, okay, that's, that's I good. I mean, I'm impressed with your generosity, Helen, but I've got a question to ask. I know that you have personal needs, financial needs, bills are coming up and all the rest of it. So, I mean, you give two away, you need 11. You only got eight. How's that going to work? Um, to be honest, I've got more than enough, and God's going to multiply what I've got, and, um, and he's faithful. He'll look after me. Awesome. Well, that's fantastic. Good on you, Helen. Thank you. 
It's quite simple, but folks, that's just how it works. What the eight that she's got left will become 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. God just multiplies it. You see, the reason we give financially is to lift the name of Jesus higher in our community, in our friends, our neighbors, our nation, and the nations of the world. This, you don't give to line the, church of the, pocket, the pockets of the church. The church has no pockets. This is for the expansion of the kingdom of God. You're giving to the greatest cause on planet earth. There is nothing better or bigger to give to ever in your life. It is the greatest investment anyone can ever make. Because we start with nothing. It's a really good deal. God blesses us. And all he owns back is 10%. The, re- the, the key to giving generously is realizing none of your money belongs to you. Okay? So it all belongs to God. If you get addicted to giving, God will support your habit. The more you give, the more God will give into you. So let's go to Malachi chapter 3 just to read a couple of verses there. Make sure this is all very biblical. Uh, verse 8 to 12, will a man rob God? You have, yet you have robbed me. But you say, and what have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Gosh, that's pretty heavy, isn't it? You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Now watch this. If I will not open to you the windows of heaven, Pour out on you such blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. William was 16 years old when he had to leave home. His father was too poor to keep him. He meets an old boat captain and says, the only trade that I know is how to make soap and candles. The older man kneels down and he prays for this young 16-year-old boy. And then he says to the boy, give your heart to Christ. Pay God to God what belongs to him. Make an honest soap and you will prosper. Well, he gave his life to Christ. And even though very poor, the first dollar he earned, he gave 10% to God. God prospered his business as the old man had said it would happen. Then he gave 10% to 10, he gave 20% to God, 30% to God. Eventually, he was giving every dollar he earned to God. The man's name, and some of you will recognize it when you brush your teeth in the morning, is William Colgate who ended up giving multiplied millions of dollars to God. Someone came up to me after the end of the first service, and they said, I want to share with you a testimony. They said, last Sunday, I put the whole amount I owed for my faith promise into the offering bag. He said, I went to work on Tuesday. He said, I'm into property, and I was struggling to to, uh, settle a deal that would have been on the table for quite some time. It just seemed to be not happening. He said, it was a $2 million deal. He said, I paid my money on Saturday, on Sunday. He said, on Tuesday, I got to the office and the deal came through. And he said that the income he earned from that deal was 20 times more than the money he had put in the offering bag on that Sunday. And that was net, not gross. And then he went on to say, you know, people are saying the property market has slowed down. He said, I'm, I've never been more busy. My phone is ringing all the time. My f- colleagues around me are struggling to make end meet. He said, but hey, God's just blessing my finances. You will never, ever outgive God. <clears throat> the Bible works. But we need to teach our children to be generous, especially in this age. It's, uh, you know, my name is Jimmy, gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, you know, give them two presents. They say, well, is it any more? No, no, you don't do that. When I was a kid, that's what I would get if I said anything like that. 
we were taught to huge respect for our parents back then. Yeah, things have changed a little bit. But we need to teach them generosity. If you're teaching your kids generosity, lead by example. You know, so this uh, boy was given a piece of cake, and he was told to divide it between him and his sister. And the mother said, now be generous and give your sister the bigger piece. Smart boy, probably Zach, thought about it for a while. Said, look, mom, give her the cake, tell her to cut it, and tell her to be the generous one. It's just in our hearts, isn't it? I want to look at the incredible blessings of being generous. It is a key to stepping into all that God has for you and fulfilling your destiny in Him. You know, faithfully giving, listen to this, is basically what you're saying is, God, I trust, my trust in finances is in you. My trust is not in the government. It's not in my employer. It's not in my job. It's not even in the economy of the world. God, my trust is 100% in you. You know, there's prophetic words now saying that there is a major economic crash coming. We don't know when it's going to come, exactly the timing of it, but it's going to come somewhere along the line. It's going to come. And when it comes, you don't have to be afraid. I'm not going to be bothered in the slightest because I'm going to say to myself, well, my trust was never in this economy, a rock star economy. I don't care rock star or no star. makes no difference to me. My trust in my fund is in the living God, and he will never let me down regardless of what happens to the economy. So that's what you're doing when you, when you give generously to God. And you know, the other thing is this. You know, you've given your life to God, haven't you? Most of us have given our lives to Christ. You know, we say, God, I give you my life. Well, when you're giving your life, add your finances in there as well, because that's a big part of your life. When John Wesley, the great revivalist, used to ask people about their faith, he would always ask them this one question. He said, has it touched your pocket yet? And he said that was the last thing to get converted for a lot of people. And, uh, but we need it because it is so important. Jesus speaks so much about money in the Scriptures. Malachi says you come under an open heaven of blessing, not enough room to to contain, you know, we sing about open heaven, don't we? Open the heavens wide, you know, let heaven come. And you sing, I see somebody singing with gusto, you know. Oh, yeah, well, it's good to sing it, but that doesn't mean necessarily the heavens going to open wide. But I tell you what, when you give financially, the heavens will open wide. That's a fa- you don't even have to sing. You can just give, out, give your money, and God says, because there's a promise of God. And God, my God doesn't lie. He's not a man that he would lie. So he doesn't lie, and he does bless us. Not just financial blessing, it blesses us in so many areas of our lives. I believe one of the reasons, one, not all, of the reasons for the significant blessing I experienced in my life is this, is that from the day I was saved, many decades ago, not once, not once have I missed paying my tithes and my offerings to God. I've I've not skipped it one time. I mean, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds, thousands of weeks of giving faithfully, week after week after week. Never missed once. I want to encourage you, never miss once. If you have missed, go back and pay it back because faithfulness is faithfulness 100%. It's a bit like saying, well, I don't really steal. I only steal a little bit. No, no, if you, you know, so... Just be faithful 100%. And this is what I have discovered. I get the opportunity to talk to a lot of leaders who God is using massively across the globe. I would say almost without exception, every one of them is a very, very generous giver. It's just something established in their lives. It opens heaven over them. The anointing flows. God moves through them powerfully. And one of the reasons is not the only reason, but one of the reasons is generosity in giving. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. he who has a generous eye will be 
blessed. I was so blessed to hear those staff and their generosity, just paying for one or two or five or ten people to come to conference. That's a, that's a form of generosity that we can all engage in, and it's going to transform someone's life. But 2 Corinthians 9, 7, God loves a cheerful giver. Wow, isn't that so good? Imagine that. Next time you're doing your AP or putting money into the offering bag, smile and just think that God's looking down thinking, wow, I love you. Man, I love you. Wow, you're awesome. That's <coughs> what the Bible says. There's not many things that God says about, you know, he loves and then gives a specific definition for it, but he does in this case. A cheerful giver. Every time you give cheerfully, heaven smiles on you. And God's love for you. Oh, I, it's just like, I love you. <laughs> awesome, mate. Eh? Thank you for that wonderful response. <laughs> I'll drink to it because no one else will. <clears throat> Luke 16, 11, if you've not been faithful with unrighteous mammon or money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Wow, that's massive. That's a massive verse. So what it's basically saying is if you're not faithful with your finances and giving to God, God's saying, I can't trust you with true riches. I can't trust you with anointing. I can't trust you with my presence, with my power, you know, with, with authority, you know, with, with anointing, blessed ministry and favor of, of God, my favor upon you, all the stuff that Christianity is about, God is saying, if you, you can't be faithful in this area, gosh. It's, it's almost like the Bible puts money as the acid test. Get that one right, and God says, okay, I can open heaven. It's almost like the Bible is saying, if a person can't be faithful in finance, then they really can't be trusted with, with much. And, you know, we're given bushels, God returns in cartloads. He just multiplied over and over and over again. Just to illustrate this a little bit further about how our money belongs to God. When we understand that, it's easier to give it generously. Got another clip for you. Look at the... How you doing, man? Is it okay if you could spare that slice for me, please? Nah, man, I work for the club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. White guys hey, can hey, than me, man. Really? Hi, how you doing, man? What's up? Can I please have a slice? I'm very hungry. I'm sorry about that, I can't. Not today. Alright, sorry for asking. Enjoy your slice, man. Hello, excuse me. Can I have an extra slice? I'm hungry. No, no, no. Sorry for asking. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? We ate a lot of, you know, slices. You want the rest? Alright, here you go, man. Alright, take care, buddy. Hello, how you doing? I'm really hungry. It's hard out there, man. You have an extra slice in there? Yeah, you sure? You wouldn't mind? 
Appreciate it, man. It's so hard out there. Yeah. yeah. I know how you feel, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I'm gonna get going. Thank you once again. I appreciate it so much. I wanna being so generous to me. I wanna give you a nice little tip, man. Thank you. God bless you, all right? It's very powerful. So the question is, I want to ask you is this. Uh, how come all the people who had food could not give any away? And how come the homeless man easily gave his away? You see, the people already had their food. It was theirs, and they treated it as theirs. The homeless man, got that, he was given that pizza. He was given it freely. It's like, this is not mine. And so when someone asked for it, it was easy to give away what was not his in the first place. And that's what giving to God is all about. You just give back what is actually his in the first place. And when you understand that, boy, you can just get out your wallet and away, away, away it just goes. You can give so easily and so freely when you understand it belongs to God. Deuteronomy 8, 18 says, Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. The only money you've got, folks, the only money I've got is because God has given us the ability to make some money. He's given us skills and jobs and all the rest. He's provided everything for us so the money comes our way. It's all from the hand of God. You know, he could ask for the whole lot back, and we should not actually hesitate because it's actually his, and then trust God to look after us in some way. And some people do get to that place where they give the whole lot to God. William Colgate got to that place. So understanding that our money is not ours is a key. So here's a quote for you. We can either worship our wealth or our money or worship with our wealth or our money. So let's not worship money, folks. Let's worship, you know, use our money to worship God. And it's such a wonderful thing. You know, the reach of your money that you give to God is incredible, especially in a church like this that's got a heart for the nation and the nation. When you give some money here, your money goes around, it circles the globe, blessing the masses. People get saved. People come to Christ. You know, the pastors, leaders get impacted. Nations get touched. Your money, that small amount you give, whatever it is, it just circles the globe. You become a world changer and a world blesser just by giving money to God that doesn't even belong to you in the first place, you know, and so it really is worth it to do that, and I want to say without hesitation, all right, anyone under the sound of my voice, I say it without hesitation, give to God as much as you possibly can, stretch it out, be a dangerous giver, because it will open heaven over your life more than you're experiencing today, no one is going to get to heaven and say, wish I hadn't given so much to the work of God. No one, no one. But many are going to say, if only, if only I'd been more generous, I would have returns, returns for me that rewards that would be eternal. One last verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 10. 
He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown, and watch this, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Here's one of the wonderful results of generosity. You grow in righteousness. You grow in the fruit of the Spirit. You grow in love, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness, patience, long-suffering, self-control. It grows. You see, spiritual blessing is unloaded upon us as we become generous people. Can I give you two actions? Number one, Isaiah 32.8, a generous man devises generous things. Plan your giving. Don't leave it to chance. I always say have an AP. That way, an automatic payment or something like that, that way you never miss out and it's easier to give. And you're not going to be tempted to withhold it if you've had a bad week or someone in church has upset you. So you know, I'm not going to give to that church now, this Sunday. You know, next Sunday they're good to you. Oh, I'll give this Sunday. No, no. They reckon the best way to be a good giver is to do it regularly and consistently all the time. And uh, don't wait for the offering bag just to come by and give whatever you feel like because it will depend on your emotions. Let your giving be based on the Word of God. That's the best way to do it. So plan now to give what you're going to give over the next few weeks. And there's a second point. I'll leave you with this challenge. Increase your giving. Whatever you're giving now, just increase it. How much should you increase? That's up to you. Because as you do, you position your life before God for His favor and His blessing. When we excel in the grace of giving, as you excel, watch as God opens the heavens over your life, rebukes the devourer. He trusts you with spiritual riches that will blow your mind. You store up treasure in heaven. And the fruit of the Spirit increases in your life. And as a bonus, your finances are also wonderfully blessed. God loves a cheerful giver. Amen?